It was hell being a hero. With the guns crashing and the deck a blind chaos of powder smoke, Captain Sheridan Drake wiped his sleeve across his eyes to clear away a crust of Mediterranean sweat and battle grime. He thought of his botched boyhood Latin lessons with profound regret. Really, he ought to have listened to his schoolmaster and gone into practicing law. A barrister now. There was a profession for an intelligent man. Sleep late, rise rested, hot coffee and fresh eggs for breakfast. But no, he'd best not think of fresh eggs. He'd start hallucinating after a hundred and thirty-seven days at sea without one. The guns roared, and the deck beneath him trembled with the recoil. To starboard, a Turkish ship jibed, swinging bows round and peppering the deck with grape-shot and rifle-fire. Sheridan ducked behind the mizzenmast and squinted longingly at the closest hatch, calculating his chances of slipping below unnoticed. No sense getting himself killed in this sordid little squabble. He shouldn't even have been aboard, but of course no one besides himself would give a thought to that, the British Navy being more interested in gallantry than brains, and inclined to become maudlin over its heroes. For the past week, the legendary Captain Sheridan Drake had suffered through the stultifying honour of dining here in the flagship, gazing gloomily into his wine and listening to officers of the British, French and Russian navies work themselves into a frenzy of indignation over the way the Turks were enslaving the Greeks. Or was it the way the Egyptians were devastating the Moria? Whatever, it was just another dubious variation on the old and unpleasant theme of poking one's nose into other people's wars. The only saving thing about it was the way they toasted his health every five minutes, a common official practice which Sheridan approved as a harmless pastime and a cheap drunk. His moody silence had been taken for a deep and painful case of martial ardour. Deep because everyone was certain old Sherry was a firebrand for king and country and duty and honour and various other high-flown sentiments, which he wasn't, and painful because he was known to be a hell of a fellow when it came to a fight which he was. A hell of a coward, not that any of them would believe it if he said so. But he was forced to turn himself on shore, unlucky chap. He was leaving the fleet to pay his respects to his beloved father's fresh grave and take up permanent care of his dear, invalided sister. It was a sad case, a sad end to a glorious naval career. Anybody could see how poor Sherry was torn to pieces over giving up his command and not a bit comforted by his nabob father's boundless fortune and estate. It made no difference that poor Sherry himself had never voiced any of these sentiments. It was also immaterial that he would rather have been any number of places than trapped aboard a warship with a bunch of antique admirals who were itching for a fight. Nor did Sheridan bother to mention that he intended the imaginary invalid sister to be a fine, slow-eyed courtesan with a good education in the passionate arts, or that he despised his father. His father had despised him, and the nabob fortune most probably had been left to a home for fallen women in Spitalfields. Sheridan Drake had the gift of smiling darkly and keeping his mouth shut. He never lied without sufficient provocation. Just now it was becoming unpleasantly hot on the quarterdeck, even for heroes. Vice Admiral Codrington didn't seem to notice— too busy pretending he was back twenty-two years ago, still bellowing broadsides at the Battle of Trafalgar. The old fool apparently hadn't even realized that a bomb catch behind the enemy line 
had managed to draw a damned accurate mark on his flagship. Sheridan sucked in an anxious breath as he heard the unearthly whistle of another falling rocket. He closed his eyes with a brief, private groan. Below him, the guns boomed again, covering the blessed thwop of a miss as the bomb hit water near enough to send the splash fountaining over his cuff. With an ardent oath, he flung off the drops that glistened against his dark blue coat. If one of those shells hit the deck and exploded over the powder magazine, the fact that he'd been relieved of his command with honours just this morning would be a point of academic debate.